Good morning, congregation of First Baptist Church of China Grove. I hope everyone is doing well. And as we start this morning, we will start as we have with just going to the Lord in prayer and asking for His blessing on this time in God's Word. Lord, be with us this morning. Bless us. Help us lift up our spirits. Refresh us, Lord. Give us new standing with you that we might serve you better, that we might be drawn closer to you, that, Lord, you might ever bless us and give us fruit for our labor. Bless the church. Bring us back together soon. And, Lord, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let me just say that as I said here this morning, we are making plans, and it's in the works. I don't know where it is or what stage we are, but in a short period of time, hopefully we will be able to meet on some basis, probably a drive-up situation, but we're working on it, working that way. But until that time, we are here with you, broadcasting and working to get through this time. Hope you are working and praying for the people suffering, the people out of work, all the devastations that's been caused by this situation. Uh, keep in prayer, be very, very prayerful. As a matter of fact, I lost a good friend last week uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, David. Uh, we used to sit together on the high school football bus at South Rowan most of the times. Uh, David was a wonderful guy, a born-again believer. Uh, he loved people, was always kind and gracious. Uh, last time I saw him a few years ago at our class, in working in the class reunion, we worked together. Uh, David was just the same as he had always been, that, that typical happy, gracious, uplifting fellow. And interestingly enough, we're talking a little bit about that today. When everyone... <clears throat> In the situation today, with this coronavirus, agree that we probably need some refreshing of God's Holy Spirit, and we certainly do. We could use it. Paul says five times in the New Testament, he speaks of being refreshed in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 16, 18, in talking about the guys who served with him, he says, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledging them that are such. Uh, there are people who are uplifting. There are people that refresh our spirits. Uh, and he's, Paul said, they have refreshed my spirit. We all need that sometime. We all need to be encouraged. We all need uplifting. We need a spiritual touch from God, and there is no doubt. Now, God had used these men to refresh Paul's spirit, but sometimes we just need a touch from God. We lose sight of Jesus. We're not as close to Him. Our heart gets cold. Our relationship wanes, and we get in a stale kind of place. Mundane, where it's routine. And God says our, our relationship with Him should be new every day. 
So something's wrong, and we need a refreshing, if you will. Matter of fact, Paul, in growing in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, said in Philippians 3.10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him experientially, know Christ better. Now this is at the end of his ministry. After Paul has planted the churches and preached the gospel and done all the work, and then he says that I might know him even better. So folks, we don't get to the point where we've grown so much we can't grow anymore. Because even the Apostle Paul wanted to know Jesus better and the power of his resurrection. Let, me, let us seek God and find a new place in our spiritual walk with Jesus. I'm going to turn back now to the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about some things that indicate we do, in fact, need this new touch. David was anointed as a child by Samuel before his father and brethren. In 1 Samuel 16, 13. And it says the Holy Spirit, after that day, was continually with him. It says Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of the brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. Second Samuel 2.4, David is again anointed by the men of Judah. The men of Judah came and anointed David king over the house of Judah. And finally, in 2 Samuel 5.3, the elders anointed David yet a third time. And then God says this, My servant David have I anointed with holy oil. David, in the midst of great trials, says God will protect him and anoint him with holy, holy oil. And then finally we read this in the 92nd Psalm. David is relishing in his victories in the Lord. And he says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, how can David, after being anointed four times, say he will yet be anointed another time? Now, Paul has, has indicated you need to be refreshed in your walk with God. And David indicates, Lord, I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh anointing from God. Now, I don't care who you are. From time to time, we all need that fresh anointing. We need that fresh oil. We need a new perspective. God needs to elevate where we are. We need to get closer to God. There's nobody that stays so close to God that they can't be closer. Very few people have ever been in that situation, if anyone. So we do. And I can remember many times, and I would share with you in my ministry, in which I felt that need to get close to God again. 
I found myself in the middle of my ministry at community floundering spiritually. And I started a Bible study on the life of David. And you know, people get to feeling sorry for themselves. Anybody ever do that? I did that. I was feeling sorry for myself at a point. And I started to feel sorry for myself. And folks, as soon as you take your focus off Jesus Christ and put it on yourself, you're in trouble. And I realized there was a spiritual problem in my life. And I began to study the life of David. And I'll never forget, after praying hours and praying for a long time and studying for a long time, that I came back one day to study about the life of David, and lo and behold, I just broke down and began to cry. Because God had finally gotten through all of the callousness, all of the... I had been busy in the ministry, I had been working for God... But I had forgotten God in my relationship. But I began to cry. And I realized in reading the life of David, he said, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. And I thought, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. So I researched it. And found that what David was saying, that his zeal for the Lord's work had consumed his life, that he had had no personal life, no normal life as we think of it. That his life was consumed working for the Lord. And then I began to see how David's son had rebelled against him and David's failures and and all that he went through. And, you know, I began to weep not for myself, but for David. And the Lord began to deal with me. And folks, we all need to get alone with God. And we all need to pray. And if it's all night, pray all night. If it's two days, pray two days. But find that point to where we can bring our focus back to God. Where we can get right with God and where we need to be. Get that refreshing, that anointing. Yes, David did need to be anointed several times. And even more times. As David said, I look forward to being anointed another time. Because David realizes, we all do, that we need those times of refreshing. And Paul realizes, we need those times in which we are raised back up in our relationship with him. And I urge you to do that. Oh, I've been there so many times. So many times and so many dark nights and dark times they come. And then you have to just run to the Lord. Seek God. Ask His blessing upon you. And you know, I came to that church. It was a small church. 40-something people. And we grew to a church of over 400 members, active members. But I think all of that was because of prayer. We were anointed by God. A lady a few years ago at North Kannapolis said, Pastor, I'd been there less than a year, 
She said, I pray for God to anoint your sermons every Sunday. Am I wrong? Somebody told me I was wrong. I said, no. I said, they're misunderstanding what anointing means. You're asking, you're just asking for God to bless it in a spiritual way. There's nothing wrong with that. We can call it anointing, refreshing, or whatever you want to call it. It all means the same thing. A touch from God. A touch of the Holy Spirit of God. In your heart and life that brings you to a newer or better place. And we do need it. We do need it. We do need to be made aware of our sins. We get weary in the work. I had a great man of God one time I spoke to, and I spoke to quite a few. I was impressed somebody by talking uh, about Charles Ryrie, my conversations, conversations with him. But uh, I, I've known some great men of God. I got to meet Dr. John Rice and uh, Merrill F. Unger and Dr. Charles Ryrie. I've met some great theologians in my life. But one of those great men of God said to me, and I remember it well, I get weary in the work, but not weary of the work. And so we do get weary. And Galatians 6, 9 warns us about this. It says in Galatians, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We can get weary of doing that which is right. We can get weary of teaching Sunday school. We can get weary of coming to church. But don't, the Bible says clearly, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap. If you don't give up. And faint not is a New Testament term in the Old English. It just simply means don't give up. Faint not means don't give up. God will bless you and you will reap spiritual benefits if you don't give up on God. If you don't quit doing the right things. Now we've had to lay off uh, church attendance here for a while. I bet you people are anxious to get back. I bet they can't wait. They're chomping at the bit. I am. We all are. And we're not staying away because we want to. We're staying away because we have to, and unfortunately, that's the case. But people are appreciating now what it means to go to church. But the Bible writer said, don't be weary in well-doing. And he, the Bible writer would not have said this unless, listen to me, there was a possibility, yea, a probability, that this was going to happen. In other words, we are going to grow weary. We're going to get tired in the work. We're, we're going to get tired working for Jesus. We're going to get tired doing the right thing. But that's okay. Hang in there. You will reap. God will bless. Matter of fact, it says God is, I think the next verse says, God is not unrighteous to forget and will forget your labor of love. Uh, God is not unrighteous. He's not going to forget what you've done for Him. Are you going to church? You're reading your Bible? Are you sharing Jesus? Are you doing all that you know in your duty to do? And you feel your spirit start to wane. Hey, ask God for a fresh anointing. Ask God for a refreshing. 
seek God in a new way, in a, in a better way. We feel our spirits start to wane, our souls no longer thirst for God. What did the Old Testament prophets do? What did David do? What did Jesus do? Jesus was driven into the desert, prayed all night. Paul was in the, in the wilderness three years. The Old Testament prophets were often driven. Remember Elijah, he saw, everybody saw his life, and Elijah got down, and, and God had to have a conference with him. And maybe God needs to have a conference with you today. Maybe you need that anointing and you don't know it. Maybe God needs to come to you and have that conference like he had with Elijah and said, Elijah, you're not the only one working for me. You're not the only one that's living right. 7,000 have not bowed a knee to Baal. Maybe we need that refreshing. That's what they did. Again, seek after God. Elijah sought refuge in a cave. Others in a desert. David cried out in prayer. And oh my, did David cry out in prayer. And I think David is our great example because we can seek and cry out to God. I always tell this story, and I've told it before, and I know you're, you're going to get tired of hearing it, where I went to bed one night. Before I went to bed, the chairman of our building committee called me and said, Pastor, there's no way we can build this building, this new sanctuary that we need. And I went to bed that night and I prayed all night and I cried out to God and I cried tears. And I said, God, you will not let this happen to us. You will provide a way. And I cried out to God with all that I had, the fervent, effectual prayer. And the first thing next morning when I got up about 8.30, my building chairman called and said, you know what, I got a call from the building contractor. We think we can do it. Does God answer prayer? Does God come into a situation and work miraculously? Yes. Will he give you fresh oil? Will he give you fresh anointing? Will he give you what you need? Yes. And we need a new touch from God. Amen? We all need that. Fresh touch from God. We need to cry out to God and say, God, clean out the spider webs out of my soul and heart. Melt the coldness, the indifference of my heart and life toward you and your work. Help me to feel as you felt. When you saw the lost world and the hurting and lostness and disease of this world and suffering. Help me to see the world as you saw it, Lord. And that's what we really need. And I always say, remember the R words. The first one is remember. <laughs> remember what God said. And then repent. Repent. And then rekindle the fire. Prayer and commitment to his word. And then as David prayed in Psalm 51.10, renew my spirit. And then rebuild and repair what is broken. And revive me from the coldness and refresh me anew. And folks, if you get all those, you're going to have fresh oil. Amen. You know, we all know when talking about oil that that's what a machine runs on. 
Well, spiritually, the fresh oil of the Scripture is what we run on. Fresh oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit blesses us and empowers us. And that's what we run on. Well, it runs a motor. But you, you yourself know that engines that have old oil don't run well. I just had to have my oil in my car changed recently. And you have to do that. And folks, we need fresh oil. Not that we need another Holy Spirit. We just need a fresh blessing of the Holy Spirit. We need, and I, theologically, don't say, I'm not saying that we don't need a second blessing or anything. I'm just saying we need those times. Paul needed them. David needed them. We all need those times. When Jesus was tired of trouble, he sought a place in the desert to pray. And don't think Jesus wasn't affected by things. It says in the scripture he groaned within his spirit. He was unhappy about a situation. He was overwrought. He was tired. We have to get along with God and pray and pray until the blessed dew of heaven falls on us and gives us a new and a fresh anointing from God. And we know that we've been touched by the hand of God. And that's what the church lacks today. We need that. So church, pray. And if you need to, fast. And confess. And it doesn't hurt, as I've already mentioned, to plead with God. Plead with God. I couldn't tell you how many times I have pled my case with God. Cried out to God. I remember somebody knocked at the door of my study one time and said, Pastor, I hate to interrupt you. Uh, I know you got somebody in there. And they op- I opened the door and there's nobody in there. So when I heard you talking, I said, I was talking to God. I, wa- I would walk around my office and pray with verbally talking to God in a verbal way. And people say, well, that's kind of odd. Well, that works for me. Because sometimes God and I were having an argument. (laughs) And they thought somebody was in my office. Well, listen, let me tell you, that's okay. You do what you got to do. You need fresh oil. You plead to God for fresh oil. If your heart is broken, and by the way, I know part of this thing of fresh oil is brokenness. Brokenness, my friend. And again, the great example we have of Scripture is David. And in Psalm 31, David talks about a dark time in his life. David was a man who was anointed to be king. God had it in his heart to make David the king. And he was anointed all of those times. And Saul, the king, though, who was presently king, saw something in David and drove him from his presence. And Saul, who had been his friend, was now his enemy. And Saul sought for his life. And several times Saul had the the opportunity to kill Saul. He would not touch him. He said, I will not touch God's anointing. Because David kept his character, and it was a test of character, God made him king. 
That's why God wanted. God wanted a man after his own heart. But during that time, he had to flee Israel. And he went into a foreign country. He went into the same countries, listen to me, that he had led armies against and killed thousands. Now, how do you think they felt about him? At one time, David even pretended he, was, he had lost his mind in order to save his life because they were going to kill him. And so David is humbled above all humbly. And he makes this remark in Psalm 31. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And a fear to my acquaintance. So nobody wanted to befriend him because he was, being, he was a man. He was a marked man. He was wanted. Like they had wanted posters up for him. And he was in the land of his enemies. Being chased by his friends. They did see me without. They fled from me. I am forgotten. So David thought at that point. You know, nobody remembered David. He says, I'm a dead man. As out of mind. Lost my mind. I'm a broken vessel. He says at the end of that, he's broken. He uses the word broken. Broken can apply to so many things. We have broken hearts. I remember watching uh, The Wizard of Oz with my granddaughter not too long ago. She wouldn't let me change it. And uh, when he presented the tin man with a heart, he said, hearts will never be good until they can't be broken. But hearts do get broken. People get broken. Lives get broken. And David says, I'm broken. I'm a broken vessel. And what is a broken vessel? Crushed, humbled. Well, a broken vessel, if you have a container and it's broken, nothing can be in it. And what David is saying is that God has taken him to a place where he has broken his life and all that was David is poured out. Now God is going to take that vessel that's broken in David. He's going to mend it back up. He's going to repair it. And he's going to shape it and make it even more beautiful. And then God's going to pour the Holy Spirit back into that vessel. And refill it, not with David so much, but with his Holy Spirit. And God will refill. So when we go through those times of brokenness... God is trying to, in a way, do the same thing. We may be broken before God, crushed, humbled heart, spirit to God. But listen, if there's one thing the church of Jesus Christ has lost in the 20th century and the 21st century, we've lost our humility. We don't know how to go humbly to God. We don't know how to seek and find that fresh oil. We've lost our way. And I think we need to find it again. The blessed Holy Spirit. If the church today could just be as broken hearted for one hour 
over the sinfulness and lostness of the world as it should be, everything would change. Everything would change. Congregation, I bring to you this morning fresh oil and a fresh anointing of God. And I hope that when we return as a church together, we have that. Oh my, if we could come back to church spiritually alive and on fire and revived and anointed what God could do with the church. We could usher in that last great revival before His coming. Anything can happen. I bring to you fresh oil this morning. <coughs> before closing this morning, I want to speak to those who may be listening that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You know, when I was 18, I didn't really believe in God so much or in Jesus. I thought Jesus was just another religious leader, but Jesus is much more than a religious leader. Jesus was divine. He was the Son of God. And the Bible says that God sent Him into the world to die for our sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. All you have to do is receive what Jesus has done for you in order to be a child of God, to have everlasting life, to receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. It says in John 1.12, As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Well, if you receive him, he'll accept you. You see, he doesn't turn down sinners. He welcomes them. Jesus died for our sin and made it possible. He takes, when we believe, the moment we believe, a lot of things happen, but it, it's as if there was a bank account and all our sins are transferred to that bank account. And God gives us His righteousness. Doesn't mean you're not going to be a sinner. You'll still be a sinner. But God forgives your sin. You're a forgiven sinner. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Will you pray with me as we close? Lord, I pray that if there's someone listening and the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus, that they will trust Him right now. Believing that Jesus died for their sins. And Lord, may our congregation be spiritually awakened and lifted up this morning. Lord, my intention was to draw them closer and to lift our congregation up. Refresh them. I pray, Lord, we have accomplished some of that. I pray, Lord, as you have used this imperfect vessel to bring forth your word, that you will take what is said, and make it more meaningful to the hearts of the hearers. We ask your blessing today 
In Jesus' name, amen.